I think it's just been such a privilege, such a privilege to invest in the children, spend time with the children, and along the way, see God's amazing provision for us. And I'm just thankful for all sorts of, from the tiniest little things up to some of the the bigger things that have happened along the way. And it makes my heart sing. Welcome back to the Christian Sport Podcast. My name's Johnny Reed. It's great to have you with us. And today we've got a real joy. We've got a great interview, an interview with a parent of not one, but four young people who have been or are now on pathways at the top of their sports. And we're going to look with them at how as a parent, you can keep the ups and downs of your children's sport in perspective. Uh, We're going to look at what it looks like to navigate life as a busy family and how to prioritize your own relationship with Jesus in the midst of all the chaos. It's great. Uh, Thankfulness is a massive theme, which is going to come out as well. Uh, And it's great. So listen up now. Uh, Graham Daniels, General Director of Christian Sport is going to speak to Sally. Let's go. Good. Well, welcome to the Christians in Sport podcast. Now, uh, we've got to fit this in about half an hour, so this could be hard going because uh, I'm a talker. Sally Dixon's a talker. It'll take a while, this one. Let me give you some background to our story. This is thinking about young performance athletes. They've got four children. Iona has been on the sailing pathway. She now rows at uni. Callum has been on the sailing pathway in a fin boat, traveling all over the place, all over Europe. But the Olympics have pulled the plug. In other words, that event's not going to be in the Olympics. Therefore, the funding stops. Ross was on the canoe slalom pathway, now left school, stopped competing. And Honor is a national youth ballet. I don't think you call that a pathway, but she's at that level of performance. <laughs> so if you are an expert in dealing with the ups and downs of having children, on elite performance pathways. Here's your man, woman, Sally. <laughs> Sally, welcome. Thank you. Let's dive in. How do you deal with the intensity of winning and losing with teenage children at this level of sport? It's murderous, isn't it? Well, I think instinctively uh, you want your children to do well. And they obviously want to do well themselves. So um, the idea would be that they're they're winning and they're getting on squad and they're um, progressing. Um, but I think that it's about keeping things in perspective. And as an adult, holding your children's view that now is the only thing that is important and thinking a bit more long term. When you when you say that, every parent who's listening to this, and probably lots of young people will be listening to us and thinking about their own mum and dad in this situation. All right, pin that down. They understand that probably, but pin down what does that mean? What are the things that what's best practice for a mum or dad then, if that's your first premise? I think it's to not be reactive. Um, you don't want to always ask about results you're waiting to be spoken to maybe they want to give you a blow-by-blow account of what's gone on Um, you also want to listen to the emotions behind um, what they're saying what is it like for them because I think you can have your own 
view of what the outcome might be as a parent. And actually, they've been looking for something different. And I think as a parent as well, I need to remember that I am mum. I'm not the coach. um, I'm not the athlete. I am, at the end of the day, mum. And I will always be there, um, whatever the ups and the downs. You've not just done this once. You've done this four times and you're in a fourth iteration of it with honour. I'm going to change uh, angles a bit on this and say you've watched your children go all the way through a pathway. And like the vast majority of children, they come out of the pathway and don't necessarily end up doing it for a living. That's normal. As you reflect on that now, looking back, you're not deeply embedded in it. How helpful do you think your philosophy or your approach to this has been in retrospect? I think it's that as parents, you're there for your child. Um, And so there is a long-term perspective. I think in the same way that really God's there for the long term. So Sally Dixon's on a bit of a pathway too. And um, maybe you don't take note of, you know, this race and that event and this audition um, and that performance. Look uh, at what the life skills and the outcomes and all the spin-offs and the really positive things that come with both winning and losing and making the grade and not sometimes making the grade. And so you can look back and think of all the wonderful things that have come out of it and what that can transition into in life. Have you observed that? I mean, do you see that when you look at, I know we've got to be careful about talking about your children because it's very specific to them. And, and I want to be careful about that, of course. But when I see Iona, uh, Callum, Ross, when you look back at some of their experiences as they've come out of those pathways, do you feel it's been an enriching of your relationship with them? Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't have missed any of what we've been through at all. Uh, Well, I think when you're in the middle of it, you don't necessarily appreciate it. So I think that there's something about living in the moment, not always looking for what's to come, what the next level might be, Uh, enjoying the moment for what it is, taking out of it what you can. Um, I really see uh, Callum, who had his hopes of going all the way in sailing taken from him, not through anything that he did. Um, And so transitioning now into another sport and watching him being able to make comparisons in a different sport, uh, learn new things. Um, I look at Iona, who again made a choice for herself to transition from sailing and into rowing. And that drive that comes from within them to go as far as they can with what they can do. Um, And then Ross, who went as far as he wanted to Mm. and is now trying just enjoying a different sport for the sake of enjoying something. Mm. What fascinates me now is that lots of the research of elite performance pathways shows that when a young person leaves the pathway, 
a huge number of disenfranchised, demotivated from sport. You seem, so I'm not blowing smoke at you to feel good because I know you're a realist, but you seem to have three young people on your hands who have navigated disappointment for different reasons, choices, snatched away because not in the Olympics and so on. Do you think that their love of sport is anything to do with the fact that you as a Christian parent have navigated this with a different perspective? So I think what you consider success or even what you consider as failure uh, can be different when you have a Christian faith because you're not defined by results and achievements and what silverware may or may not be on your mantelpiece, that actually I am defined by what God says about me. And I think really that's what we've tried to show our children, that actually what we do is to love them for who they are and they're not going to be any less important to us any less my child just because the pathway didn't uh, work out or they made a choice to stop for themselves and so we're in a position where for different reasons they're in a different place but that that's still okay by us and that's what I feel in my own faith is that I'm still okay, God's still okay with me, whether I've made a mistake, Mm. I didn't make the grade. Mm. Perfectly clear. Let me me move you then. So so let's say that theoretically you are crystal clear that the grace of God wins all and that drives the relationship with sport, and you're not the parent who wants the child to prove themselves something valuable to their mum or dad so that you can live your life through them. That comes through loud and clear through you. Let's look at the calendar then of of your life, yours and Peter's life and your children's life, because the rubber hits the road, not in a theoretical conversation, but in the day-to-day challenges of having children traveling all over the country for all kinds of reasons. Help parents listening to this who are entering this world or are embedded in it understand the demands on your calendar and family life when you put your worldview, your your philosophy into practice. What's it like trying to navigate weeks and months with young performance athletes? I think there was something about naivety when we first started. I think we absolutely had no idea at all about what was to come. And then I think there was a sense in which you, me and Peter, put our lives a bit on hold. And so our calendar was dictated by British sailing and British rowing. And when my mother would say, oh, but it's Mother's Day or, oh, it's my birthday, there would be that sense in which actually that's not important on our calendar that's being dictated to us. And even, you know, Easter Sunday would go by the board. And so there's a sense in which you make sacrifices, but that you do so 
whilst trying to maintain the important things alongside that. And I think there's also a sense of just gratitude and thankfulness that actually what a privilege to be a parent, to have children, to have children who want to be active, to have opportunities provided for them. And so the things that I'm in some way being asked to give up, actually on the other side of that, I'm being given such a tremendous amount of good things and opportunities. And I want to be thankful for that and grateful and to acknowledge that along the way. One of the things that has surprised some of us, uh, my children were never in a performance pathway. So, of course, one doesn't live it. And in the interviews, uh, more than once now, and you reinforce it, the concept or the idea has come up of gratitude that your child wants to be healthy and fit and is competitive and wants you to come with them and spend time with them. And it creates incredible opportunities in teenage years when all kinds of things can derail the relationship. So I think as people are listening to conversation here, uh, if I may, I want to reinforce this, that it's so easy to have conversations about this with negative spectacles on. We won't be able to do that. There's a challenge with this. There's a difficulty with that part of our lives. The overwhelming gratitude that you you show here is a real indicator to a positive perspective on your child's life. Give, give us, give us some very practical examples, Sally, of how you have turned long trips or weekends away. How have you turned those things into positive opportunities socially? So I think some of what we've done, Peter was very good at it. He would uh, see if we, well, when he was away, he would see if he could spend um, a night with a friend who might live in a particular part of the country. And so maintain relationships as a family with other people. Um, and then there's also the opportunity of sitting in the car for hours and hours and hours uh, with children. And I think that the thing is that they may not want to talk, but that being available and so respecting their desire if they want to sit in silence, but facilitating conversation if they were also willing to do that. I think that there are particular things that you could listen to or not choose to listen to. So, uh, I would put my foot down over what music we might listen to, <laughs> but we could listen to, uh, you know, particular radio programs, things like that. And I think also using opportunities like the Saturday night of a weekend away and make that a point of almost putting up away from you what has gone on in terms of the sport for the day and using that as a opportunity especially as a mum of four what a amazing it's great I don't have to cook on Saturday night and actually I've only got one child and one to one your children are very different than one to four and so you'd get conversation and use that time to really just be available 
and to enjoy being with each other. Hey, sorry to interrupt. If you're listening in and you're a parent of a top young sports person, or, or maybe you're a church leader, or you're just looking for some support, we have a great little booklet just for you. It's called, How Do I Support My Child as a Christian in the World of Elite Sports? It looks at 10 topics, 10 questions, which you might be wrestling with as a family, a little bit like this interview we're in now. Uh, if you want to get it, it's free. Head to christiansinsport.org.uk forward slash YPA booklet. Christiansinsport.org.uk forward slash YPA booklet. You can get the booklet for free uh, and you can also get in touch with a member of our team if you want to chat as well. Let's go back to the interview. What about you then in this, Sally? It's good that you're with one of your children at a time usually, uh, but you're on the road a lot then. You're on the move. Um, you've just said it yourself, you're raising four children, Peter and you're raising four children. It's hard enough to get time on your own when you've got four kids and life's normal. When you've got young performance athletes, you never got a minute to yourself. How, how did you, as two things are in my mind, and you can merge both or go with either, how did you and Peter manage to make time for each other? Because that's hard. And how did you manage to make time for yourself just to reflect on who you are with God. Okay, so I think Peter and I, I mean, it would be great if I could say it was all wonderful and it all went swimmingly. Um, I don't know that that is necessarily the case and there were ups and downs, but I think that there is a big positive that comes from digital uh, media communication. So I think being able to send a text uh, and just say, you know, hello, how are you? Or can you remember to put the baked potatoes in the oven? Really helpful just to keep in touch like that. I think being able to send photos to each other of windswept beaches in Patheli or, you know, where there's absolutely no wind and you're just sitting around and waiting and waiting. Um, and then Peter and I came across something called half hour holidays a very long time ago before we had children. And for us, they became really important. So no, it wasn't me and Peter going away for the weekend. It wasn't even necessarily Peter and I being able to have an evening together, but there was this wonderful half hour holiday. So actually we'll have the most expensive cup of hot chocolate with all the cream and all the marshmallows on the top of it and really celebrate just putting aside absolutely everything else for half an hour. I mean, it may might have been a little bit longer, but uh, that sense of which don't uh, enjoy what you've got and don't moan about what you haven't got. Okay. Uh, enjoy the hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's really good. I bet there's a hundred thousand people now going half hour holiday, half hour holiday, they'll all over the country. We'll tweet that and everything. That's class. That really is class. What about yourself? What about time for yourself? So what I did was I made a point of, uh, regardless of the time of year or how early it was and how dark it was in the mornings, my thing was to do some exercise for myself. Um, I've stopped uh, posting on our fam chat uh, any times or distances that I run <laughs> because they are not in comparison. But actually for me, it was, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go running. Um, 
and I'm going to have that as my headspace. Nobody is saying, mummy, mummy. And I would use that as well to pray. Uh, and so that was one thing that I did in terms of daily is just exercise out the house, um, my time. And then I would sometimes, you could see it as being selfish, but actually because I also home educated my four children, um, when I took them to events, if they were then safe and out on the water, perhaps I would use that time to go and take myself off for a walk. And I've been to some beautiful places in the country. That's another thing to give thanks for. I've seen all sorts of places that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. And so what I would do is I would just go and walk for an hour. And that would be, again, be my time. Mm -hmm. And particularly, I've had one prayer partner. We meet at six o'clock in the morning, every Thursday morning. And she would be somebody that I would share good, bad and ugly and know that if I texted at any time, she would just be able to pray. And she'd know much of what was going on because we were in contact. And then I could just send her a little, please pray now and know that there would be some support in that too. But that leads us probably to the, the last little area maybe with a couple of questions around it, which is about your family worship or corporate worship in a hectic calendar and pressurized world with six of you. Um, often this is the first question we're asked, Sally. We have hundreds of times we're asked the question, what do you do about Sunday when you're a young performance athlete's family? I've left it to last because I felt in this interview Knowing the background of the story, it would be really helpful to paint a picture of your responsibility as parents, your personal investment in your children's lives and spiritual welfare. And that's come through loud and clear. So I've left this till the last question, actually, because doing a tick box exercise of how often you go to church and so on is a simplistic way to do it. I want you to round us off for a minute or two. Let's talk about this. How have you managed? six of you worshipping together and a wider church family okay so it's been it has been difficult to have six of us worshipping together but I would like to state at the outset that I don't think God just turns up at 10.45 on a Sunday morning in a particular place and so therefore we took lots of opportunities to do church and to do God, so to speak, in lots of different places. So one of the things that I hosted for a number of years was something that we called Tea and Pray, TAP. And we had up to 18 children, and usually their mums, um, dads were still at work at tea time. And we used to meet in our house, and we would all eat sausage and pasta together. And then we would have some sort of uh, thought, Bible verse, God slot, just something quite simple. And then the opportunity for the children and us as, as adults to pray together. And again, investing in people's lives, knowing what people were up to, knowing who was heading off where at the weekend. And then we've been very fortunate in that being in London, there are lots of other church 
around um, with youth groups. And so tapping into, okay, really sorry, we're not going to be joining you on Sunday, but can you invest in my young person um, on Thursday evening for a couple of hours at your youth group? And, And really seeing church in its broader context and a relationship with God that's 24 seven and isn't restricted uh, to a Sunday morning service. Occasionally we would try and go to churches whilst we were away at the weekends. But I think that that just reminds me of church being about relationships. And I didn't just want to tick boxes um, to say I'd been to church. It was much more about maintaining the relationships that we'd got in our home environment, but not seeing church as just constrained to a, a Sunday morning service. Have you been members of one particular church throughout this whole period? Yes, we have. Ah, where's that, Sally? So the Good Shepherd Mission in Bethnal Green in East London, and we've had lots of support and our children have enjoyed lots of uh, relationships um, amongst their peers. I mean, I think sometimes not everybody gets it when you are an athlete, but there's something about being supported And again, for the children to know who's really behind them in what they're doing. Well, it's been a great privilege. Um, I'd love to meet Peter because you sound like you've uh, had a good chance to think this through together. And it's not surprising when you've had Iona, Callum, Ross, and now you've got Honor all in these situations. You've clocked up some years between those four children. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. the one thing I've heard you say the most in this interview is thankfulness, thankfulness, thankfulness. Would that be your primary reflection on this period? I think so. And I think if I wasn't thankful for it, I think it would be easy to look back and to say all those things that felt like things that we were giving up or that were sacrifices or there were disappointments along the way. And actually, I think it's just been such a privilege, such a privilege to invest in the children, spend time with the children, and along the way, see God's amazing provision for us. And I'm just thankful for all sorts of, from the tiniest little things up to some of the the bigger things that have happened along the way. And it makes my heart sing. Sally Dixon. That was one brilliant interview, and I hope it's an encouragement to all our listeners of the Christians in Sport podcast that God is at the heart of family life. He's at the heart of young people's lives, and people are born to play, and we must, must be thankful for the privilege and opportunity that brings us. Sally, thanks a lot. Thank you. Well, that was great. Wasn't it? A massive thanks to Dano and Sally. Thanks for your honesty, Sally. Brilliant to hear. Uh, hopefully that's been a help to you. And we want to continue to produce podcasts which help, which support you as you live or think through what it means to be a Christian in the world of competitive and elite sport. So do get in touch if you've got something you want us to look at, something you want us to discuss. Um, podcasts at christiansinsport.org.uk. Podcast at christiansinsport.org.uk. Uh, we'll come through to us and we'll have a look at that. Or you can find us on social media. Get in touch. We'd love uh, to be doing podcasts which you want to be listening to.
and also pass the podcast on. If you think someone might find this or, or any of the other episodes helpful, please do pass it on. Uh, share the love. We hope this can be a real help and encouragement to many. Uh, and thank you so much to all those who do that already. Uh, it's great to have you with us again. Uh, see you soon. Bye-bye.